0: God is good all and all the time. Thank you for being with us today. My name is John, and I am blessed to serve uh, as a pastor of this church and just humbled to be a part of this great group of people. Uh, you know, as uh, I kind of got broken up during that song, I was flooded with memories because I've been in Kenya, Africa, Hearing some of the most precious kids sing that song. And because of churches like this church, people like you that have, that have given, as Matt gave us that report, there's kids over there that, that hear about Jesus. And they sing that song with a different perspective than, than we do. And, and two weeks ago, I was sitting uh, in an orphanage in Cambodia. And we're just trying to have conversation as much as we could with the language barrier. Um, And Maddie Holcomb doesn't like to acknowledge this, but everybody in Cambodia thinks I look like John Cena. (coughs) I was like, you can't see me. So that's always a good icebreaker. Um, But we're sitting there, and all of a sudden as I'm talking to like four high school boys... Uh, and again, we have no, there's no way for me to properly and completely describe what we saw and what we experienced. But I could give you a glimpse maybe as we sit there and I'm, I'm talking with these boys. And again, mostly showing them pictures on my phone and trying to you know, have some kind of conversation with limited uh, dialogue we can have. And this kid, I don't even remember his name. He wasn't a part of the group I was talking with. He gets his guitar out and starts playing. And they start singing. Guess what song? Waymaker. So I've experienced these songs that we sing, sung by people from a completely different perspective. And and I don't I don't want to share I'm not I am not trying to share from a perspective of guilt or or anything like that but for me it's it's a huge um, responsibility um, I think with great opportunity comes great responsibility right that because of your generosity I have been able to experience a lot of different cultures. And different ways that people respond to the gospel, and so when we um, kind of mad at Stefan this morning for picking that song, I just kind of kind of broke me. And then I you know Matt gives up and gives that report, and I'm like Stefan, uh, most time I've been in, in church business meetings. It's not that exciting. <laughs> Isn't it great to see what God is doing though? And to think that when you give through this to the lord through this church there's kids that i've met in cambodia in thailand in china kenya all over the world 71 countries he said is that right 71 countries you get to be a part of that. I think that's what Paul was saying in Philippians four. He's like, I don't, I'm not giving you this information because I need your money. Like we don't stand up here and say you should give to the Lord through your local church because we need your money. Paul said, but you're missing out on a blessing. You're missing out on fruit to your account. So how blessed it is for me personally, to be a part of a church like you guys that when we give, the money goes, and with the money goes the gospel. And kids all over the world are singing what we just sang, a Waymaker. Even when I don't see him, he's working. Do you believe that? And I'm, I'm thankful to be a part of uh, this legacy of this church. Um, I guess I should get to my message, sorry. Is it all right if I just shared a little bit from my heart this morning? Um, we're going to be in Acts chapter one, verse eight. We've we've been talking about our core values as a church. Uh, if you, uh, I, I think it was last week when Carlos gave uh, gave you a cheat code that Matt, our administrative pastor, gave all of us on how to remember the core values of be a pro. Did you guys catch that? In fact, even this morning um, in our prayer time at 9 o'clock with all the uh, service teams, people who help and serve every Sunday morning, we meet at 9 o'clock and we have a time of prayer and Matt gave them a quiz and all of them did great. Uh, Be a pro. And so our, our, our four core values, we want to be biblically driven, right? This is the foundational value. This is a foundational hallmark of hallmark that we are biblically driven. And the reality is if if I live my life under that understanding that I'm going to be biblically driven, the other three kind of fall into place that we'll be personally involved and we will be radically generous. We will be outwardly focused. And so if that's what I, how I live my life personally, if that's how you live your life personally, then collectively as a church, that will be our core value, and the reality is, these four things have been a core value of Hallmark way, way, way before me. When I, when I, when, when Matt said that about, I don't remember exactly the phrasing, but he said consistent um, giving. If you look around uh, this auditorium this morning, this place is filled with people who've been here thirty. 40, 50, some even 60 years that have consistently been generous to the Lord. And I'm thankful for, for that. So if we live these core values personally, they will be our core values uh, collectively. And so we've been talking about it. I hope that you, if you haven't got one of these uh, trust cards for 2024, there's some on the, the banisters there on the stadium seating. there's some as you exit the building, there's some on the connection desk out there. And we've just been walking through our core values and giving some kind of action steps. I'm encouraged that over 450 of the trust devotional booklets have been given out. And if you didn't get one, there's, I think, like three left right up here on this table. Uh, but you can also get those if you, if you scan this uh, QR code on this, it'll take you right to our website that you can download that trust journal uh, for free. It has all the here journal. Anyways, these action steps. And so this morning as we talk about outwardly focus, we're going to look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. For sake of time, let's just go straight to verse number 8. And and I'll give you the quick context. So in verse number 8 here, as Jesus is uh, it's been 40 days since his resurrection. He's with his uh, disciples. We would find out later there must be about 120 of them that are that are present and 120 in the early church. And he's given them some final instructions. It kind of coincides with Matthew 28, 19, and 20, the Great Commission, when Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. And, and you're going to receive the power. And he says, I will be with you always, even until the end of the Earth, And that's the Great Commission. That's why at Hallmark we, we would say this very clearly, that the mission of the church is to make disciples. That's what Jesus told us to do, make disciples of all nations. Then we'd also say that the vision of Hallmark is that we're, our goal is to lead people to find and follow Jesus. That's how we'll fulfill the mission. But then in verse number 8... We see Jesus not only promises, not only does he commission them in Matthew chapter 28, but he promises them the power to fulfill the mission. I'm thankful that when God asks us to do something, as Matt kind of alluded to, when we take that action step of trust, God is always ahead of us. If God has asked you to do something, he will provide a way for you to do it. Matthew, excuse me, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And God has promised to the disciples on this day, again with this commission, you're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Outwardly, focused. And I want to invite um, two of the, our team members that went to Cambodia with us and, and to Thailand this past couple of weeks. Um, and so would you give a, a welcome to Maddie and William as they come up here? And uh, they're just going to share a little bit about what God did and spoke to them on, on this trip. So thank you, Maddie.
1: All right. I'm Maddie, and I just wanted to share a little bit about what God was showing on me and working in my heart through this trip. So one of the first places we went to was a dump site ministry, and we got to go last year. It was my favorite last year, and it was my favorite this year. And it was one of the coolest places because, I mean, I love kids, and it was really heartbreaking. I mean, these kids live in a dump. They work in a dump. They literally don't have anything. Their parents don't see the importance of these kids going to school. But these kids by far are the happiest kids that, I have ever seen in my life. And one thing that God was really showing me there is in a lot of situations, you're going to have a lot of those being a Christian. Um, it's hard to see what God is doing and working. And it just reminded me that peace is not dependent on your circumstance, but peace is dependent on God. And that reminded me of Isaiah 26, 3, And it says, you'll keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace for it is trusting in you. And that verse is really Reminded me of how when you trust in God, you will have peace no matter your circumstance. And these kids were just so encouraging to that message because, I mean, these kids, their situation is nothing that any of us could imagine or compare to. And the one thing we have in common with those kids is God. And they were just so happy and joyful. And another thing that was really cool was in life right now for me, one of the biggest things that I've been struggling with and trying to learn is waiting on God. Um, He's going to tell you no a lot of times, and he's going to close a lot of doors. And I was just praying while we were there because that was the biggest thing that I was struggling with before he came. And I was like, I don't want to worry about that while I'm here. I want to be able to focus on these kids and God. And while I was praying that over and over again, every single day, all the pastors we got to see, they were telling us how uh, 20 years ago and 30 years ago, they were praying for these properties, these churches, these buildings that we were standing in that had all these people in and kids. And it was just really cool to get to see their testimony of them waiting on God and was just really encouraging. So I just want to say thank you for letting us be able to go on trips like these and get to love on these kids and love on these people.
2: Thanks, Maddie. Perhaps because this trip was a little bit longer than most, we got to see a lot of different and participate in a lot of different ministries that have been going on for a long time. And we got to see and experience perhaps something that God allows and chooses to bless when people have been outwardly focused over a long term. We got to visit multiple manna feeding centers and children's homes and churches and participate in those. Uh, One of the ones that Maddie just talked about, in case you have not heard about it before, didn't quite pick up on exactly what she was saying was the ministries at the dump church outside of Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Dump means the landfill where all the trash goes, and there's a whole lot of people that live right there so that they can quickly go through all the trash that gets dumped just to get any kind of recycling that they can turn around and sell to get food for the day. That is deep, deep poverty. And we got to visit there at, on a day that was the week after the pastor there, Pastor Seahawk, had started a feeding center. And one of the things that Pastor Seahawk, he's a, um, he's a Cambodian man whom we've now been supporting for about a dozen years. And he grew up in that poverty. He grew up and a Filipino missionary, Lomer Hope, led him to the Lord. And ended up discipling him to the point that Pastor Seahawk decided that he was called to vocational ministry. And Lomer Hope trained him on that. And ultimately, Pastor Seahawk is now being used by God to start many, many different ministries. In addition to the, the schools and the churches and the feeding centers. He's doing whatever he can to be able to help remove some of those physical barriers that arise when physical poverty, those barriers that can hinder some people, many people, from sensing the spiritual freedom that comes when they get released from spiritual poverty. So one of the additional things that he just recently started was a medical center, medical um, medical clinic. That's why he's up here, the tough words, and so he's actually started two of them on a monthly basis, and one of those that we actually got, we attended both, the one there at the feeding center that Maddie had shown a picture of, and a second one was actually the first day that they had done that, and uh, it was out in a provincial village where he told us there was no gospel witness. And it was the first time that they were ho- holding that medical clinic and there were over 300 people show up for that clinic. And Preston, one of those future slides will show that with your mom up front. While, thank you. There were uh, about 80 kids were there as well. And while the Christian doctor and pharmacy students were getting set up, one of the team members got to share the gospel. And when it after being interpreted, 160 people, over 160, raised their hand to accept Christ as their Savior. There's a lot of follow up work that Pastor Seahawk and his team get to do with that group of, of people to see, you know, did they understand? And, so, and he's going to certainly be doing that, but that's an example of why it's so important and, and we're so blessed to be able to partner with people whom God has called to serve in country even uh, for such a long time. We've supported uh, Pastor Seahawk now for a dozen years. So we're so grateful to have been able to be a part of all of that and to be able to watch it. And, but one of the things, so interesting things that we got to see also when we were in orphanages, we got to see people who were dropped off at the orphanage Really young, as infants, we got to see one. You want to go to the in the one with the uh, girl with the white and black striped dress? That's Maddie at the center of all the kids, as she usually was. Um, but at, the, at uh, the, one of the children's homes, this uh, girl was dropped off when she was one day old. And when you think about the Waymaker song, God's in the business of mending lives when people see him as the light in the darkness. But as Romans says, how shall they hear unless someone tells them, unless someone's called to go? And we got to see, you want to go to the one with the black and white striped dress, Preston? We got to see that young girl who had been dropped off at one day old. Not that one. <laughs> She is now a teenager, trust me, you'll, you'll see. She's now a teenager, just seeming to love the Lord and singing songs to the Lord. And it's so exciting to be able to see how God changes people's lives. There she is, right there in the middle. And the, the guy in the shirt just to the right of her, he was dropped off at the children's home when he was about three weeks old. There have been so many kids that God has changed their future, forgetting about their past. He changed their future and gave them a hope, absolutely a spiritual eternity that they didn't have before, but also a hope to be able to be used by God to make even more of a difference. We met one of the students that had grown up in the orphanage, grown up in that children's home. Um, they had gone off to college, wanted to be a doctor. Another one, we actually met him there. He would felt called to be a preacher. We met two other men. Um, You want to show uh, Pastor Rhett and then Joseph Preston? Uh, Two other men, uh, you just heard me call them Pastor Rhett and Pastor Joseph. These are men whom uh, Dr. Castro, a Filipino missionary whom we've also supported for 20 years, ended up leading them to the Lord, and they grew, and they were discipled, and then they were called to ministry, and now they are pastors and administrators of churches and feeding centers. And, and you, do you get the picture of what's going on? When we are involved in that long-term, outwardly focused giving and praying, we are blessed to be able to see how God generationally changes people's future. Not just here in Fort Worth, but everywhere that he is put forth as the light in the darkness so like maddie said we're so grateful and like pastor john said and like matt said you saw the manna giving you know significantly increase last year and it's because of your faithfulness that we can thank you for being allowing us to be able to go and see in real life what your generosity is doing as god changes people's hearts and lives and not just here but in faraway places thank you so much
0: Again, I would just want to reiterate what they said. Just thank you uh, for your faithfulness. One of the themes, as William uh, kind of hit on there uh, during this trip, was just the legacy of faithfulness. Not, not only the faithfulness of God, but God uses people. And the faithfulness of God's people Uh, One of the first Sundays that we were there uh, at Dr. Castro's facility, again, he's a Filipino who got saved uh, through a missionary, went to uh, Cambodia. It's had a huge impact, but on the wall of one of their churches, it's it's called, uh, not for me, but for my dad, it's called Haley's Hall, and it's got this plaque on there. What was really cool about it was the date was june or excuse me january eleventh two thousand and four and january eleventh two thousand and four was the last time that I was in Cambodia, and I got to see twenty years later what God has done i 'm noticing that I use the word like a long time ago, twenty years ago and what that reveals to me is I'm getting old, uh, but uh, that's just the reality of it. In fact, I was thinking as, as Pastor Matt was up here giving the, the financial report, and he does such an amazing job, uh, not just um, crunching numbers, not just uh, keeping us, you know, our budget in line, but, but everything he does as far as our budget and the finances is he's doing it to honor the Lord and to steward what God has entrusted him and our church with. And so I'm very grateful for that. But it made me think like 22 years ago, I remember meeting Matt uh, in the cafeteria of, of Baptist Bible college. And I was interviewing him for a summer internship position at Hallmark. And, um, I remember vividly asking him this question. Why do you want to come spend the summer in Fort Worth uh, working with students? And you know what his answer was? I want to learn how to be a student pastor. He just wanted information. He wanted knowledge. He wanted to figure out how to serve the Lord more faithfully. And as I had interviewed other people that day, and when he answered that question, I want to learn how to be a better student pastor. Guess what I said? You're hired. I mean, we're not paying you, but you're hired. And here we are 22 years later. The the faithfulness of God's people, the faithfulness of this church. William mentioned a Lomer Hope. His name's Lomer Hope de la Cruz. I remember sitting in his house 20 years ago. He's a Filipino who had relocated his family to Cambodia and uh, and had two young boys at the time. And you know what he told me 20 years ago? He named his boys the same names that Moses named his boys because, he says, they were born in a far country. And I vividly have that memory sitting in his living room 20 years ago. I think the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of God's people. But his story, Lomer Hopes, doesn't start 20 years ago. That's when we kind of got introduced as a church to him, and this church has faithfully supported uh, Lomer Hope and Dr. Castro for the last you 20-plus know, years. But, you know, in, in the late 60s, there was a missionary, uh, Bob Hughes, that showed up to Hallmark Church. And he shared a vision with this church to be involved into faith promise giving and to give above and beyond a tithe. The reason that budget shows 32, 34%, I don't remember the numbers, that's match job, but uh, that our church every year gives to missions is because someone showed up and challenged this church to give to missions above and beyond a tithe. And this man, Bob Hughes, challenged this church to do that. And you realize from that moment when this church, you as a church, decided we're going to do that because we are outwardly focused. We want to send more people. We want to be involved in what God's doing all over the world. And that from that moment in the late 60s, this church has given $23 million to send over to see people give their life to Jesus Christ? Isn't that amazing? Praise the Lord for that. When we we talk about core values of Hallmark, these are not new core values. We talk about a church that's been outwardly focused. let, Let me summarize or to finish that story, Bob Hughes challenged this church to give, and this church has been radically generous Bob Hughes guess where he became a missionary to the Philippine Islands guess who one of the people who got saved under his ministry was Lomer Hope Dela De La Cruz and because this church was willing you you people gave so Bob Hughes could go Someone heard the gospel. That gospel has now gone to Cambodia and all over the world. We walked into a church in in Thailand. So when we think about Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, right, we're talking about Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. And, And so when we think about this, it's our Jerusalem is right here. Right? This is who we're trying to reach, and I shared this statistic with you uh, a couple years ago that uh, in our direct communion, we think about our Jerusalem. You know, within a, a mile radius of this church, there's 20,000-plus people that live here and more and more coming all the time, right? Within a two-mile radius, there's 50,000 people that live within two miles of this church, Within five miles of this church, there's over 200,000 people that live within five miles of this church. That's a lot of people, isn't it? What's alarming about that is when you look at the statistics, I mean, some statistics say that 69% of Americans claim to be Christian. Just remember, just because they claim to be Christian doesn't mean they're born again Christians. That number goes down to about 30%, a 30% who would self-identify as a born-again Christian. That's what Jesus was talking about to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. He said, in order to enter in heaven, you must be born again. There must be a spiritual birth not just you were born into a spiritual family or a church family or a church-going family, but you personally have made a decision that I'm gonna find and follow Jesus. I'm gonna give my life to Jesus. I'm giving my life to Christ. On my spiritual birthday, for me, was June 1991. I was 17 years old. I grew up in church my entire life, but it wasn't until that moment in time that I was born again, and 30% of Americans claim to be born again. Based on that statistic, that that means that there's 140,000 people that live within five miles of Hallmark Church that don't know Jesus. And what the Lord has commanded us to do is to first take care of our Jerusalem, to preach the gospel. That's not just a, a commission to Hallmark Church. Well, We understand that Hallmark Church is not this facility, is it? This facility is where Hallmark Church meets. Who is Hallmark Church? You be Hallmark Church, right? The commission has been given to you. You shall be witnesses of the Lord in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. But it's interesting, we walked into uh, this church in just outside of Bangkok, Thailand. And I think we have a picture of the outside of the the building first. And uh, we actually, this is the the Solomons. We don't actually support them yet, but uh, I have a feeling that soon we will be supporting uh, them. But right, so this is the outside of their church, just outside of, of Bangkok. God is blessing their ministry. And right as you walk in, they have on their wall we walked in and William McLemore was the first one to identify like the different maps that are on the wall. And what it revealed to us, even though it's in a different language, is they were highlighting Acts chapter one, verse number eight. This is their Jerusalem. This is Judea, Samaria and the end of the earth. It's not just a, a commission to Hallmark Church, it's to any follower of Jesus. And it was just encouraging for me to walk into a church clear across the other side of the world. And guess what they were teaching at their church? That you, as a person and a member of this church, you should be witness of God in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Their Jerusalem is different than ours. Their Samaria is different than ours. But the end of the earth still the goal of the church. I won't even get into all the numbers around the world for sake of time. I'll share the last one that I had for you. Based on that 30% statistic, 5.6 billion people in the world don't follow Jesus. 5.6 billion William mentioned Pastor Joseph, who was led to Christ by Pastor Lomer Hope, who was led to Christ through the ministry of Bob Hughes. And we sat on his feeding center, and he kind of gave us a brief history of his life and uh, how much Dr. Castro and uh, Lomer Hope de la Cruz meant to him and how they discipled him. And I couldn't help but look out on the corner of the street, and I saw two kids sitting outside the nutrition center. I had no idea who they were. But just like normal, I was getting bored by sitting and listening to someone else talk. So I snuck out and sat down with these kids. They don't speak much English, and I I tried. So, you know, I I always try to at least when I go to another country to learn how to say, what is your name? And so I I would have it on my phone because I could not remember it. You all want to hear me try to say it? You said it. Say it for me. No, oh, yeah, I said, Chumai. You said that, didn't you? I thought I heard you say that. Chumai. But you know what's funny? What I did realize is that I don't say it very well. Because I'd have to say it like 10 times. Like, you know, maybe if I say it louder, now they'll understand me. Right? And Then I would, once we finally got, and, and the truth is, most of them would say their name, and I could not repeat it. It was not something I've ever heard before, and it was just, it was not going to go well for me to try to repeat it. But, but then I would say, Are you punman? like, how old are you? And then they would repeat a number. I had no idea what they were saying. Oh, maybe they understood me. I don't know. We're just, I'm just talking really loud. But this, this kid, he, he gave me his name, and guess what his name was? Greatest name ever known to the man, outside of Jesus. John I said his name is John, and then I learned how to say my name is, and I said my name is John, and we got. A, I, I took a picture of him just so you could see uh, this kid. He's the one. He's the one in the middle. John and the other kid, he gave me his name, but I could not, I could not explain or understand that one. And so I got up, and because you know, we only have so many words, right? I got up. Then I realized when he got up, guess where he was going? To the nutrition center. So he walked in with me. I got my own friend, and I started thinking, This, you know, 10-year-old boy, this remote village in Cambodia named John, he's going to hear the gospel today. He's going to get fed a meal today. There's 5.6 billion is a lot of people. But I know of one that got to hear the gospel. And that's our responsibility, isn't it? To do what we can to reach the lost. What a privilege it is to serve at a church like Hallmark that has never lost the vision to be outwardly focused. And the reason it's never lost the vision to be outwardly focused is because one of the foundations of this church has always been we will be biblically driven. When the Lord told us, go make disciples of all nations, we take it serious. That is why we are personally involved, radically generous, and outwardly focused. On the last Sunday night we were there, so two weeks ago, we went to a church, and I think this picture was up there earlier. Uh, this church is on the side of a hill in Thailand. And the guy sitting front center, a little blue shirt there, this, this man had a, a vision and a burden to reach his community. and began to pray that God would provide someone in some place. And this building up until just a few months ago was a Catholic church. Uh, and then the Catholic church disbanded, and they talked to C-Tone the missionary that we support there from Thailand. And now every Sunday evening they go up and they preach the gospel at this little village church on the side of a mountain in Thailand. Isn't that cool that we get to be a part of that? That excites me. That we get to, to get to be a part of what God is doing all over the world. And my challenge for you is, is very simple this morning Three three quick action steps. Uh, and let me back up. Uh, Matt set you guys up pretty good about the prayer and getting rid of the debt, and then he gave you that action step to pray. And I would say if you have the means to pay it off, well, we'll that's a good action step for you too. Okay. Just I want to just clarify that. Pray for your one. Last year our theme was one Luke fifteen four that we would. Uh, Jesus went after the one right there were ninety nine were in, the, in, in in the 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 sheep fold, but he went after the one, and we want to continue to go after our one a few i, I don 't even know how long ago it was, but uh, I, I handed these out in church a couple maybe a year and a half ago. You guys remember when, when we handed these out, if I was smart i 'd have put the date on it, but i didn 't um, but you know this this sits in my prayer journal, and every morning. I pray for my one. And in, there's more than one name on here. And the one that I represents the ping pong ball on there, for me, still hasn't given their life to Christ. And probably some of you the same way. Let's keep praying for our one. It's cool because there's some names on here that I've got to mark off. One of them, I was in a D group And their son needed to be saved, and so we started praying for Alex. And it says here, saved, February 14th, 23. Baptized for, I can't read my writing, 23. That's pretty cool. There's a couple names on here like that. Pray for your one. That doesn't take much effort, does it? Pray for your one. Invite someone to church. That doesn't take much effort. Share the gospel with someone that may take a little more effort. But let's not lose sight of what God has asked us to do. You shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes for a moment. Now, as, as the worship team comes up to lead us in the last final song of worship, I, I just want you to think and evaluate in your own life: Has this been a core value of your life? Have you been outwardly focused? Last week, had, talked about radical generosity. Could we could we place you in that category? You're radically generous with God with your time and your talent and your treasure. What about being involved, personally involved, biblically driven? Does God get the best of you or the rest of you? I, would, I just want you to, to sit in reflection this morning. Maybe, maybe God would challenge you. You know, next year we're, we're planning on going back. To, we're going to go to Thailand next year in January. Maybe, maybe you could go on that trip. This year in June we're going to be going to Kenya. If you're interested in going, come talk to me about it. It's not too late. The youth are going to Guatemala this summer. And there's always opportunities around here to get involved. Maybe it's just to give. Maybe it's to get in a connect group. Maybe it's to start serving I don't know, but would, would you just talk to the Lord about it? God, I thank you for allowing me to be a part of what you're doing, just a small part all over the world, and for allowing me to be a part of this church that has kept the core values, Lord, to preach the word, to reach the lost. Help us this year, Lord, in 2024 to lead more people to find and follow Jesus, to be more generous than ever before, and just to see what you're gonna do through your church. Lord, we love you and we thank you. I'm gonna invite you to stand with me this morning. We're gonna close out with a song of worship. If you wanna to come to the altar and pray, maybe today it's just to thank God for his blessings in your life. Maybe it's to commit, God, I'm going to take the next step. But let's worship him through song and through prayer today.